Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, if you're listening to this, um, I'm sure that you are perhaps feeling a little bit different from others that are um, across the UK. Today is the first day that um, some gyms down south in England have decided to close, um, or well, not decided to close, sorry, <laughs> Boris Johnson has, has forced them to close, but you know what, it's absolutely epic to see um, just the gym standing up for themselves and, and putting people sort of physical and mental health first and, and I think that not only the bodybuilding community but all the gym going community down there will, will massively appreciate what what they're doing so if there's any, any gym owners down south um, I guess just saying a massive thank you for uh, from myself and some coaches up here that have clients down south that, that will still have access to train um, to a facility rather than having to do sort of a foam roller, banded cuff, lateral, side delt, hack squat, <laughs> um, which, you know, you can still get results from training from home, but having that facility, um, you know, we know it's about just, we're, it's about a bit more than just a, a six-plate hack squat and what it does for us, the environment, the like-minded people, the social aspect. I know that myself, you know, during lockdown when the gyms were closed, it was it was quite a lonely time, especially if you are sort of a bodybuilder and online coach. You, you, the time that you converse with people um, and you see other people is when you're at the gym the, the rest of the, the sort of eight nine ten hours of your working day you spend in front of a laptop um, but I, I digress I mean I, I can't just uh, talk about what's going on in England because the gyms have been closed in sort of Wales and Ireland um, for a wee while as well and I have clients in both um, and we've had to sort of work our way around it um, as such, one quite good thing is that a lot of the, the clients that I managed to work with during the first lockdown, um, they either were able to go and get quite a lot of kit and train from home, um, set up a squat rack and a bench and all that, or they had a cheeky wee key to a, a private facility, um, which which meant we were still able to, to pretty much run the program um, as it was, or just make minor adjustments, you know, um, having access to a barbell or smith and some cables, was literally all that we needed. So, uh, I guess what I'm saying is that if you are in a place where the gyms are closed, um, please, please just continue to, to stay strong. My DMs are are always open, um, and I'm pretty sure I speak for uh, Ali and Clara as well when they when they say that they are too. Um, we are more than happy to to give our advice, give our support, chat shit, whatever it is. Um, during this sort of difficult time. We also have quite a lot of home exercise tutorials on the on the YouTube channel. Feel free to go on them, um, get some ideas. There's there's not only some single exercises, but there's some some ideas of supersets that you can do for metabolic work and whatnot. Um, and I hope that those, those sort of tools um, will help. Just a quick message for those that are in Scotland. What I want you to do is and this comes from a, a check-in check -in this week, and I'm sure that you won't mind me talking about it, was that there was there was a client of mine who checked in and he, he got a couple of sessions in. He was supposed to, you know, he, he's on a, a four-day split. And he'd got two in, and he said, oh, yeah, work was just really busy and, and I didn't make the time for it. And I said that from the five months, maybe perhaps more, that the gyms were closed in Scotland, all that you wanted was them to open and so you could get in and train. I said, what would what would the person of four or five months ago have to say to yourself now who's, you know, eight weeks where the gym's even open and we've kind of fallen back into that routine straight away? He was like, ah, fucking hell, that's exactly what I needed to hear. So 
I guess anyone in Scotland listening, if you still able to ha- like still able to get to the gym, do not sandbag any set. Do not miss a workout. Don't miss a session. Don't miss a fucking rep if it's there. Because there's someone down south. There's someone in Ireland. There's someone in Wales. Someone, someone across the world that would fucking kill to be in your shoes and would love to have that opportunity to give it the fucking beans. So please remember that. That's that, that sort of one voice, the one message that kept me going during lockdown. You know, when I was training at ridiculously early in the morning, 5 a.m., because that's the only time I, I could train at facility I had uh, uh, the facility that was available to me um, I used to think even if I was tired, even if I got shit sleep or whatnot, even if my lower back was sore because <laughs> I had a ridiculous pump on um, I, I was thinking Vaughn, there's someone out there that would fucking kill for this opportunity so make sure that this set that you do is just like your last one or make sure you put yourself in their shoes imagining they have only one opportunity to do that set and if you do that I guarantee you're going to get way stronger over the next sort of four weeks. And I'm sure that if you're listening to this, that's probably already how you train anyway. If it, if it, if you, if it's not, I question why. Because you, if you followed me for a wee while, you followed this podcast, you followed my Instagram page, the website, you know, two other coaches, you know exactly what we're all about. And that is training to failure. And I guess that takes me on to the, the first point of today's episode, which is... Just going to discuss a little bit about um, rest periods between loading sets, which I'm sure is maybe not the most exciting topic that you um, want to hear about, but I'm going to give you the logical reasoning and bias behind it. And also just a little bit about um, female glute development, which for the most part is the holy grail of the industry, right? Everyone wants to know what the next best thing is and the big the big thing is to, to develop their glutes. And I'm going to talk you through the basics of, of why it shouldn't be too too complicated so um, I would say that one of the most common questions I do get asked daily by clients is just just how long they should be taken in between loading sets and I say loading sets because we're not going to we're not going to count the feeder sets the warm-ups whatever you want to call them and the main reason I get asked this is because when I program I will often put in where there where it says rest period on the program I often put it'll say as required between sets and, and they kind of go right well what does that mean because most people are sometimes they, they come on board and they're under the impression that right they maybe followed a program before and it said right I've got about two minutes you know two minutes is, is how much um, rest I'll need before I can go again and I always say you know why why is it two minutes I know logically and and fit you know physiologically why people are saying that and it's to do with different energy systems in the body right we have different systems that will help us produce energy and exert force i'm not gonna gonna bore you with the likes of aerobic and anaerobic respiration because that's not what this podcast is about it's about kind of putting everything across in in layman's terms now if we were to to look at those two energy systems and we were to look at um let's take a a model that is is not not a strain to failure so when we look at a, a muscle itself, right, we're going to just imagine that it has like a battery in it, right? And as we as we do our sort of loading set, we are going to deplete that battery of um, of energy. After that set, the body's energy systems are going to help us sort of re-top that battery up. The energy systems themselves are going to help, obviously, produce energy throughout the lift, but also they're going to help us... Um, 
re-top that battery up and I guess once that battery is topped back up we're ready to go again. I hope that that's the least confusing way I can put that across. Now if you're training sub-maximally by that I mean that you know you do eight reps but you could have done another one uh, you could do another few um, you, you, you'll be good to go after two minutes however the, the training methodology that, that myself and the, the, the video physique team preach is the progressive overload model and with that model you know the goal is to get stronger on a weekly basis pushing your body to its its absolute limits uh, and by that we mean you know completing an extra rep on a particular set or adding some extra weight on the bar such as a 1.25 or 2.5 kilogram weight um, we do not preach reps in reserve uh, leaving any reps in reserve which means that if you do actually take every set to muscular failure uh, that that battery is going to need a lot longer than two minutes to, to recover and have it to have its stores topped back up now there might be some some arguments where you could say yeah Vaughn but females females lift you know females can recover a bit quicker and, and yes I would agree with you on that one um, but when we when we look at it logically right we're we're trying to lift weights and as we're doing that we're trying to consciously recruit as many many individual muscle fibers as we can in the sort of targeted specific muscle group that we're we're trying to we're trying to we're trying to lift that didn't really make sense did it the, the target intended muscle group that we're trying to lift the target muscle group that we're trying to hit through the intended lift there we go tongue twisted this morning um, now that's all well and good but when we do this with like maximal loading when we're trying to reach our sort of like six seven rep max eight rep max whatever it is like we generate a, a heck of a lot of force in doing so but at the same time we generate a heck of a lot of what we call metabolic waste right and if you're thinking once a fancy word just think of something like lactic acid right that in itself causes muscular fatigue and depletes the muscle of of effective or the battery of energy you could call it right now we get that from from exercise in general but when we train to, to failure like that response or that buildup of lactic acid is like far more profound when we're training of maximal loading opposed to if we were training with submaximal load so if we know that, right, that, that, that lactic acid co causes muscular fatigue you know it's gives us a somewhat inability to contract tissue then we, won't, we want to get rid of that right in between sets because we want to give it the fucking beans into our next set so you're thinking well Vaughn how does how do you get rid of that I would say right well the only way you get rid of that is you need time and you need oxygen from it to be removed from the muscle right so if you allow that time it'll then allow you to go into the next set and perform at your highest possible intensity now if we say if we standardize and say right that's two minutes and you get to go again well what if you've just done like a, a, like an absolute fucking massive pb on on the hack squat you might need a bit more than just the two minutes and if you value the sort of progressive overload model then you're going to need you perhaps a a little bit more than just the two minutes so you can see why sort of like generalizing rest period time 
wouldn't be the best strategy if you were trying to add as much muscle mass as you could by driving you know as much as much internal contraction on every single lift that you can taking that lift itself to muscular failure generating as much muscular fatigue muscle fiber recruitment breakdown as you possibly can it might not be two minutes in fact it might be five minutes i know that is for me right you might see me do a top and be lying on the floor for a while now as a, as a general rule of thumb if you're a female you'll have a quicker ability to recover than us guys and i think that those sort of mechanisms are maybe perhaps poorly understood in the industry and, and there's not you could say there's not a whole lot of conclusive evidence as to why one would one would assume that their sort of lactate clearing capacity is is a lot higher you know we've got an argument there um as well when it comes to just muscle breakdown itself is that because they are estrogen dominant that's sort of anti-catabolic and doesn't allow muscle to break down itself um so again purely misunderstood but as a general rule of thumb females you'll recover quicker so if you've seen me have you know i put some sessions on instagram before maybe perhaps where i've trained with clara or another sort of high level um uh, female, like athlete who's a female and they kick my ass they always do like you look at the sort of weight uh, the body weight to weight and the bar ratio theirs is always higher they always do three sets to my two, two sets to my one, whatever it is. Um, and they're usually good to go um, much, much sooner than, than I am. Um, we could argue that you know the, the load that I'd be shifting is a bit heavier and a bit different, causing a lot more um, demands on just the body itself. However, when you look at the sort of, as I said, weight, uh, body weight to weight and the bar ratio for the females, they're working just as fucking hard, just as hard. So, I guess the, the one the one thing I should sort of mention is that there will be some occasions where you do limit your rest period if and that, that that's it that, that's an if if you're perhaps doing metabolic work versus doing like top set and back off work like loading sets and predominantly this sort of work metabolic work well you know what actually you're probably thinking what the fuck does that mean it's going to be high reps not a lot of rest and a heck of a lot of pain. Now, metabolic work, it does generate an adaptive response by the body, and by that I mean it will promote a, you know, a response by which we will, will gain muscle, but that response is, is far inferior to high mechanical loading, right? And that's the work that we do, the high mechanical loading stuff is the work that we do um, throughout the workout, but perhaps at the very end, you'll do, um, if your client listened to this, you're probably thinking, well, yeah, Vaughn, actually, you've got like a like a 45 degree leg press, maybe with bands on it, and it's like 25, 20 reps, rest pause, drop sets, whatever it is, at the end, why am I doing that? So the idea behind that is to to, put, to to try and generate as much lactic acid, build up our metabolic waste build up as we possibly can, um, to try and push through it, and, and that in itself, as we said, will cause the body to create an adaptive response. But the main thing is, because it's such a little response, like you're only going to do sort of one to two, one or two of those sort of sets per workout, like any more would just compromise your ability to, to do heavy loading work. And you always do this at the very end. You never do this at the start because if you do it at the start, then you're just going to like generate a heck of a lot of fatigue built, like metabolic waste build up, and then that's going to impact your body's ability to produce a heck of a lot of force during a big heavy like loading set, which of course you want 
to have the biggest opportunity to, to do so. So I guess if I was to, to like summarize um, rest periods, I, I would just say that when we train at maximal loads and we're trying to progress, you know, lifts is every single week, we're following that progressive overload model, you know, throughout each lift, we're just going to generate a large amount of muscular fatigue, metabolic waste, and we're just going to deplete energy stores. You know, I refer to that as depleting a battery. Um, and to top that battery back up, to, to mitigate any sort of fatigue or metabolic waste products, we're just going to need time, like time to recover from that. And I understand that some of you may be time restricted in that sense. And if you are, I would say limit your volume and make sure you go all in on every single set. Um, but if you if you aren't restricted by time, my suggestion would just be to throw away the stopwatch and just to judge your readiness for the next set by feel, regardless of whether that is two minutes, three minutes, four or five minutes, just, just go when you feel ready and only when you feel ready. Um, you know, you may only have sort of two sets per exercise and if you want to continue to add muscle mass following this model, like you have to progress them each week. So don't let a short rest period stop you from, from doing so. So I guess that, that topic kind of ties hand in hand with as you know female glute development. And this is one thing I think that probably it frustrates, it puzzles and uh, a lot of females out there because they're just confused by so many different opinions on kind of what you should or, or shouldn't, shouldn't do. And over the years, I've come to realize that you know, the number one body part that female clients will want to develop um, <laughs> the most is, is their glutes. Um, and I think that as a result from just a lot of trial and error from working with hundreds of, of females over the years, I'm really confident in, in my own ability to, well, not only in mine, but with the coaches as well to help them achieve that very goal. But um, I think that there is there's a few factors to take into consideration. Um, you know, and I think that the main reason, in my, in my opinion, uh, the main reason for the lack of, of glute development um, is simply not training hard enough, right? If if you look at any female out there who has solid, tight, runny glutes, you know, th they will have one thing in common. They have a common trait, which is they all train very, very fucking hard. They all train very heavy. They train frequently but also their form is is absolutely perfect. They, they initiate the move well, they keep tension in the right areas, and they give it the fucking beans. So they just, they just simply work hard. And there's no magic tricks there. There's no booty bands. There's no walking sideways on a Stairmaster. None of that. Our... Are those sort of things inherently bad? You know, I, I say there's no bad. There's effective or ineffective. Where would a booty band come into play? You'd maybe, if you struggled to get glute activation, you can maybe use these to, to get that activation internal feel, um, perhaps at the start of your session prior to actually lifting, kind of get your glutes firing. Side, walking sideways um, on a Stairmaster. Uh, I'll let you ponder that thought and get back to me on whether you think that's effective or not. Um, I'm sure you can tell by the tone of my voice, my thoughts, my thoughts on that. So if I was to, let's say, give you, let's say I'll give, give you three strategies on, on kind of how to, to bring up your glutes and maybe some of the strategies that I apply 
with <coughs> with my clients and that you can perhaps apply to, to your own training um, and just to make your sort of glute-focused leg workouts a bit more productive. Um, the, these strategies will be no, no secret to you if you follow my content, some of the previous um, podcasts and the articles and whatnot. In fact, there's actually, I think there's a, I think there's actually an article on the website um, in reference to to female good development. I'm sure if you I posted a few a few months ago now, um, but it's on there. I can I can share this on my story when um, when this goes live. But I guess if you listen to this, you can just go on the website and check it for yourself. So the first strategy, like I said um, earlier on the podcast, would be progressive overload. And what I mean by that is going into every session with the main goal of getting stronger. But I'm going to add add to that getting stronger, but with perfect form. So make sure when you go into your session, you know the weight that you lifted last week. You know how many reps you've done. You know how it felt. You know if you have an ability to move up. So if you know that you have an ability to move up, you're going to put a bit more weight on the bar. If you perhaps don't have an ability to move up, it was quite difficult, you could perhaps do some more reps at that same weight. And if you feel like, you know what, actually Vaughn, it's fucking heavy. I don't think I can do more reps. Okay, right. can we increase the muscle contraction on each rep, you know, can we get more feel, more tension, more intent as we do the lift, but keep the same weight and keep the same rep range? I think that's a that's a really like missed, common missed part of progressive overload that people will always get so obsessed with weight um, and loads and reps and whatnot that they forget that it's about how we move the bar. So I want to emphasize on this podcast, just ensure that you feel every single muscle fiber um, you possibly can on every single rep. And if you feel like you don't, I think that your efforts are going to be in vain. I think that if you aren't videoing your workouts or your your lifts and, and reviewing them and analysing them or your coaches and analysing them and you're not connecting, um, it's a no-brainer why your glutes aren't growing. So that's number one is the progressive overload. But before I move on, I should probably I should probably place emphasis on the consistency that you need to have for progressive overload. It can't just be, oh, I did it for a month and fucking hell, my glutes haven't changed. It's gotta be like, right, I am actively trying to get stronger for week in, week out, month in, month out. And if not for that, like for years, like it's only with a long enough time frame that you will have seen enough size in your derriere, as they say. So like that being said, you just have to be patient. Like, bodybuilding requires dedication and patience. And if you don't have those two traits, I'm sorry, you're going to be such a poor bodybuilder. And by bodybuilder, I'm not referring to, like, the big, jacked, muscly monsters. Like, if you're a female that wants to build your glutes, you want to build a better body, you're a bodybuilder, right? Now, the second strategy when it comes to developing your glutes, I'd just say is, is frequency, right? If you're out there and you're only training your legs once a week, and you maybe fall in like a more of a bro split. As I said to you before, like as a female, you have a an ability to recover quicker than us guys during your session and also out with that. So do not think that your program should reflect that. For example, like my female clients, particularly the, the ones that are wanting to do bikini competitions or the ones that are doing photo shoots. In fact, pretty much all my female clients um, are training their legs about three times a week. Maybe you can say two and a half to three times a week. And they're always ready 
to go and attack that next session. Even if, let's say it's a, let's say it's a Monday and they train lower one, that lower one session is maybe perhaps more gluten hamstring focused. They train upper on the Tuesday, the Wednesday. If they are, you know, Wednesday they might have off, but sometimes if they're ready to go on the Wednesday, they could probably go and hit lower two, and have have it be a more of a quad focus session and be absolutely fine. Tag on their glutes at the end, and then take the next day off, and they're they're good to go. So like within within those leg sessions, you know, like they are all going heavy, and they're hitting reps between six and twelve for the majority of exercises. In each leg session, you know, they'll have a selection of moves that will be, you know, either uh, the move itself of a hip thruster, a smith, you know, some sort of smith squat, some sort of sumo deadlift or leg press, those moves are sort of a variation of those moves. And then, as I said to you before, in the, in the earlier part of the podcast, they'll more than likely have uh, uh, some sort of high rep metabolic like set as well at the very end of those workouts. So... Again, second strategy, we, we well, the first strategy, progressive overload. Second strategy, frequency. Let's talk about, are we hitting our glutes three times across the week? The one thing that I've I've seen is that females in general, like, or the glutes themselves, like, they're going to need to be hit almost three times a week to actually see a significant response. There will be females out there that say, well, Vaughn, I actually only train my legs twice a week. And my butt is very, very, you know, very rounded, got loads of mass. And I said, well, yeah, but not everyone's like that. There are some females out there that are just predispositioned to, like, put down a lot of muscle mass very quickly. And there's others that don't, you know what I mean? So it's about working with your coach and finding out what works for you, total volume across the week, exercise selection, etc., etc. And that's, I guess, the third strategy we could we could say would be just your volume, you know, like frequency is key, but it's equally important to pay attention to just the total amount of accumulated work that you do for each muscle group across the week. I guess that if you know you're training hard as fuck and across every set to muscle failure that, and your food's on point, sleep's on point, blah, 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 you have an ability to then tweak volume accordingly if we're not seeing a response. Um, there's been some females out there that I've worked with who uh, we've, just, we've just sort of, looked at photographs and we've, we've done like an 8, 10, 12 week period and I've been like, right, we're not getting as much growth as I think we could get. Let's add a couple of sets here and there. And I've had a, a, another client that's you know very, very similar, um, sort of height and weight and whatnot, and they're on lesser volume and they're seeing a very rapid response. And that just, that's an example that it's so individualized that we, I can give you, anything I'll give you from now is just ge- like a generic baseline level to work with. And then it's from there that you have to kind of work, work with, um, and find your own way. So we know that the a lot of the moves that we're trying to target the glutes will hit the hamstrings at the same time. So if we kind of combine glute and hamstring together, two muscle groups effectively right together, um, and we look at how often we're training these across the week, we know it's two and a half, maybe three times across the week itself. But if we, we looked at like total sets across the week and we try to, okay, we added up all the sets we do on lower one that are for glutes and hamstrings, all the sets on lower two, all the sets on lower three, um, you're more, more likely going to be in excess of 22, maybe maybe close to 26 sets across the week. But that's all well and good if those are sets where you take it to to failure. If you don't, then I would I maybe say that it's a bit unproductive 
uh, your time spent in the gym or, or perhaps in your garage at home right now um, unless you are go kind of going full tilt. Will any other model that isn't progressive overload work? It might do, however just my and the team's philosophy now, um, what we've found works in practice and on ourselves is that it works and, and that's the method that we preach. There's no one, one size fits all approach. You know, with any coaching program, client, you know, as I said to you before, some will need more, some will need less volume. Some need to train a bit more frequently, some need to train a little bit less. Um, the best way to figure it out is for you to just track everything that you do and note the body's response. If you don't want to do that, get a coach to do it for you. However, remember, any, any sort of coach out there is only as good as their client's ability to follow the plan. So it's not necessarily, okay, well, well right, that coach is, is amazing, having them will help me change. It's, okay, I can see that that coach out there produces results. Um, I've spoken to, you know, this person, that person, that person gets coached and they've said, um, you know, good things, I've, I've been on a call, had a chat, blah, 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 um, and I want to go ahead. That, that's all well and good, but remember, it's up to you as a client to to follow the plan to the T, whether you're training in a gym right now or whether you're training from home, like follow the plan. If it's not working, have a chat with your coach, talk about exercises that aren't working, talk about, okay, uh, I've had a few clients, like for example, on hip thruster, they just, Vaughn, I don't really connect with it well. So we video it, then we say, right, can we shorten the range a little bit on that? We shorten the range and we say, oh, wow, I connect with it so much better. I said, right, that's your range. Don't look at someone else on Instagram and what they're doing because it's all about, you know, individuals so again in summary you know if your glutes aren't growing remember to ensure that you are getting stronger over time but with perfect form you're training them hard heavy but you're also training them frequently on top of that have a look at the total sets that you're doing across the week and i guess to add to that make sure you take enough rest time in between your sets because that could be a big factor as to why you're not progressing the weight on the bar um, or the reps that you're doing, etc, etc. So, listen guys, that is it from me this week. Um, I'm going to endeavour to get some more guests on the podcast here over the next few weeks. It's just becoming, uh, it's a little bit of a busy time period for myself um, and the team. Uh, on more of a personal level, It's trying for me, it's trying to prepare for a, a wedding, a uh, um, 2020 wedding which I'm sure you could uh, understand is, is pretty stressful um, if you like this podcast if you thought it was was class um, please do uh, share it on your Instagram story um, tag me in it as well um, ideally if you thought it was absolutely fucking shite and you, you have some suggestions drop me a DM, give me some suggestions I'm more than happy to have a chat about anything that I say on these podcasts remember all sort of content and thoughts are my own um, I'm no sort of medical professional, so everything that you listen to and you hear should be just taken, um, you could say taken um, with a pinch of salt and a, from a hypothetical standpoint. Um, that's always the legal bit that you have to say, right? Um, however, I've, I don't think I've really said that in the past 40, 50 episodes, mind you. But anyway, listen guys, I don't care if you are training from home, training in a gym, training in the garage, training in your back garden, whatever, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever you are training, Make sure that you always give it the beans.